Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Film Exploder, the show wherein Barry and Taylor um, tear apart movies, explode them, and put try and put them back together again and try and make sense out of them. Today, we're covering the movie Eileen, an amazing movie, but please uh, be warned that from here on out, there will be spoilers. Dragons, beware the dragons. So, um, super, super exciting day, super fantastic movie. Um, Barry, why don't you uh, open us out and uh, walk us through the movie what, and what actually happens? Hey, everyone. Uh, okay, so I'm going to rip through this film. Let's see how fast I can do this. Okay, so the story is set in uh, Massachusetts and it's really cold, right? And it's so cold, the whole movie should have been about how she survives that kind of quote. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing because from here, from India's perspective, we don't get that kind of cold. So I was feeling cold just looking at the film. So <laughs> did you have yeah. to wear a jacket throughout the throughout watching? Yeah, I'm still wearing one because of the movie. <laughs> okay, so this time I'm gonna really rip through the film. Okay, the story is about a lonely girl who's got like a really boring life. And uh, we're shown her personal life where all she does is take care of her alcoholic, thankless dad, who's constantly telling her how to how worthless she is. And at work, she's got this dead end job at a juvenile detention facility. And her boss gives her a lot of grief. And so, you know, that this is not the life that she ever wanted to live. But one day, Rebecca shows up and she's a replacement for a retired psychologist. And she's like this strong, independent woman. She's from Harvard and Eileen is enamored by her. Rebecca also takes a keen interest in Eileen. And you see Rebecca digging into this one case of a young boy named Lee Polk. He's accused of stabbing his father to death. And this sort of forms the central aspect of the movie. Uh, later, you see Rebecca inviting Eileen to a bar and then they go have a nice time. She's flirting with her and the night ends with Rebecca giving Eileen a kiss. Uh, the next morning, Eileen wakes up in her own puke in her car and her dad's like furious because she's wrecked the car and he believes that she was out with some guy. Uh, a point the film makes clear by now is that Eileen has these flash visions where she catches herself shooting herself in the head uh, or making out voraciously with the guard uh, or simply like, you know, attempting to commit suicide by sitting in a car, which is sort of filling up with gases from the engine. She also sees like a vision of her shooting her own dad. So on Christmas Eve, we see Rebecca calling Eileen to invite her over to her place. Eileen excitedly lands up at Rebecca's place and then notices that she lives in a very messy way. And you, you also as an audience, like feel something is up. And then Rebecca announces that, okay, whoa, this whoa, is whoa. not- Before you continue, I have to say that at this moment, it uh -huh. is one of the best turns I have ever seen in cinematic history. It it, it blew <laughs> my mind. Okay, so be careful just tromping through this and not <laughs> pointing this out. It's we a will big, come back. <laughs> it's a big turn. Like you're just tromping through the garden, Barry. Like this is a big I turn. I said I'm going to rip through it. Yeah, you're ripping and I appreciate it, but <laughs> let's call it out. This is a big yeah. turn. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, something is odd with what's going on, right? She yeah. was otherwise this really flawless personality and then now she's living in a dump, yep. right? And then, so the, the big reveal in that scene is Rebecca says that this is not her place. 
This is the Polk residence and she has the mother Anne tied up down in the basement. So obviously Eileen like freaks out and she's about to run out and Rebecca stops her and says, okay, you know what? Lee was sexually abused by his father every night and Anne let it happen. And she learns this from Lee. So she comes to Anne to question her and uh, they end up fighting and the two of them tumble down the basement and eventually she, she ties her up there. And now she wants Eileen's help into getting a confession from Anne, otherwise she's going to jail. Eileen agrees and she heads out to the car, gets a gun and comes back and says, you know, come, let's go do this. And at gunpoint, Anne confesses everything about her son and her husband. But despite this, Eileen shoots her. And she retains this calm and says, you know what, she upset me. And Rebecca is scurrying around and he's like, why did you do this? Right? And then the two of them hold Anne's mouth open and pop in a ton of sleeping pills and she's knocked out. Eileen then calmly suggests that they can frame her father for this because everyone will in town would believe that, you know, he shot Anne. And because he's just a drunk guy that always waving his gun around. So they agree. But then Eileen says, after that, we can go off to New York and start life new, right? And the look on Rebecca's face is like, mm, I don't think she's in on that idea. And so Eileen happily takes <clears throat> an unconscious Anne and heads home. And Rebecca says she's going to like clean up any evidence and then like meet her at uh, Eileen's place. And the, the last sequence is Eileen sitting by the window waiting for Rebecca's car to show up. And it's a wonderful scene, actually. The, the shot on her face and the disappointment on her face tells you that Rebecca is not coming. So she realizes she's been ditched. And so she takes away an unconscious Anne in the car to some really far corner of the city and leaves her with the car on and the you know, the gas is coming into the, uh, the the car. And so she leaves it for dead and then heads out, hitchhikes her way to another town. And on the way out there, she smiles and the film comes to a close. Right. Yeah. And, and before we jump in, right. To what is the film about and, you know, the possibilities and theories and everything. I wanted to check with you if you've read the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read it after. And um oh, Otessa uh wait. Moshfeg. Yeah, Moshfeg. Otessa Moshfeg, the the author of the book is a fascinating person. Fascinating mm -hmm. character all to herself and I, uh -huh. I find it really intriguing. Um she she likes to write um like more literary or complicated, less commercial things. And she, one day she just decided, mm -hmm. you know, I could, I could write a commercial bestseller. Anyone could do it. I'll, I'm smart. I can make it happen. And that's where she came up with the book, Eileen, um, and the okay. plot and the story. And, it, okay. and, and while the movie and the, the, and the book are very, very similar, they, mm -hmm. there are some really key differences, um, that I, I quite, was I was quite interested in one one being that um Moshfeg was very confused why any, anyone reading the book and reviewing the book and wanting to talk to her about the book um was the physicality of 
Eileen, like the, mm-hmm. her interest in her weight and her body. Um, she uses suppositories to like, you know, a violent diarrhea and, and it's very physical and, you know, a lot of throwing, like throwing up and just, it's very physical. Oh. Right. Um, Whoa. Another, another piece that's really interesting is, is that, uh, the, the most significant moment in the movie is that Eileen um, shoots Anne, right? The mother yeah. of Lee Polk. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the book, it's actually Rebecca that, oh. that shoots. Yeah, it's Rebecca that oh. shoots. And it's it's the it's switched. And there's actually um, I, I found a quote um, from William Oldroyd, who was the director of the movie on his changing uh-huh. his changing it from um, Rebecca to Eileen. Eileen. The reason quote, the reason Eileen pulls the trigger is it gives her more agency rather than it being an accident. As someone who witnessed abuse in her family, like, for example, why did Joni leave? Uh, um, uh-huh. As a, just a Joni is in the book, uh, Joni is uh, Eileen's sister. And she's only referenced uh, like one small moment in the movie. But in the but in the book, you actually meet Joni. Uh, every- oh, I assume Joni was the wife's name. No, uh-uh. no. It's just- oh, we need to talk about this. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything Mrs. Polk, Miss Polk says triggers a deep-seated response, prompting Eileen to fire the gun. Okay. So I think that's, I mean, that's a pretty significant change, right? Like who, there's only one murder in the movie. Like there's one killing that occurs and it comes uh-huh. Rebecca in the book and Eileen in this. So it's a pretty significant change. Um, uh, but there's, it's pretty interesting if you go and you, and you go find um, quotes from Otessa about her book and the movie, she actually recommends you read, no, watch the movie first, watch the movie uh-huh. first. You'll actually enjoy it. There's probably the, really high likelihood you're going to enjoy it. Everybody comes out of Eileen loving the movie. Um, but in the book, you're 50, 50 as to whether or not you're going to love the book. So she recommends, she recommends watching the movie and then she recommends reading it, which is what I did. And I enjoyed it. And I can see why some people did not, did not like the book. There are some details there that are, are pretty gnarly. And, uh-huh. um, but, but the most significant change at the end is that uh-huh. in the book Eileen mm-hmm. goes to New York she changes her name to Lena she then a few months later gets married and changes her last name and she heads off into the horizon married oh okay. totally separate goes on and it, she continues on she she lived she leaves behind the murder Oh, so, I see. Because that that gives the closure that a lot of people were expecting yes. in the film. Because it, the film doesn't do that, right? It just oh. simply terminates at that point where you don't know the, you know, you don't know the parts of each yeah. of the characters. Yeah, it's it's ambiguous. It's very uncertain. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, 
throwing to you, Barry, like I know you found a quote that you found really interesting from the author. I'd like to hear, like, I'd like to hear it. Um, what is this quote? Share it with us. Yeah. So in one of her interviews, she said this, I have been Rebecca. I certainly think so. But I have also been Eileen. Eileen felt real. Rebecca was somebody else's character, a character from a movie or a book read long ago. She is an imaginary person in another sense too, in that Eileen has imagined her. So that statement is sort of very direct to the point that her book, I don't think she had thought about the, the, the story two ways. But that's not what the film does. The film leaves it up to your judgment. So I would like to then jump straight into the thick of that argument that like apparently everyone's having is what are your thoughts on Rebecca? Yeah, that's great. That's a really important quote. So the question on the table that you're asking that from a quote from the author of the book is um, Rebecca imaginary? Yeah. Does, does she actually exist? And I, I would conjecture that Rebecca is a figment, a complete, not not a multi. I mean, it could be seen as multiple personality disorder, mm -hmm. or it could be seen as just a phantasm. Right? Um, mm -hmm. Think 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 about it a little bit. Like um, Rebecca, uh, Eileen. Um, it is envisioning Rebecca as a movie character, as a celebrity, as a um, beautiful, glowing, larger than life personality. Like, look at look at the life she lives. She lives in a penitentiary. She works in a penitentiary. She lives in this sad, cold, ice, forsaken, mm -hmm. horrible place. Right, and out of the darkness, walks. Yeah. Rebecca, a glowing, blonde, blue-eyed personality that is larger than life, right? That's right? There's no one else that's blonde in this movie. Nobody. Like she stands, she really stands out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, also think about it this way. Um, we know for a fact that Eileen is messed up in the head, right? We know yeah. she has visions of killing herself drowning herself, mm -hmm. shooting herself. She has visions of just walking up and shooting her father in the back of the head. Like yeah. she has visions of having sex with one of the penitentiary guards. Um, right. That isn't happening. We think, you know, the first cut, we think they're happening, but they're actually not right. Right. Over and over again, she's having these visions that turn out not to be real. And then you've got this vivacious, beautiful Anne Hathaway playing this character of Rebecca that doesn't, mm -hmm. it's incongruous. It doesn't fit in this world of dirt and grime and reality. Um, you know, I think, I think Eileen lives a horrible existence under the thumb of her father. She's abused. Mm -hmm. She's hurt. Mm -hmm. She wants to get free. She wants to go to the city. She hopes to live a life of being loved. And we see that she's getting this love and acceptance imaginarily from this 
fake character that just stormed into her life out of nowhere um, and gives her everything she wants and needs and desires. Um, and, and I would actually argue if you've seen, I mean, spoilers for another movie incoming, but if you've seen fight club, she's a Tyler Durden character. Like mm-hmm. I won't go any further because you guys are, you know, you're an idiot if you haven't seen the movie fight club, but I don't want to ruin that too. But basically I guess I just did Tyler Durden, um, uh, Rebecca, similar characters, projections of desires of hopes for her own life. And she's desiring to have these like, um, live this life differently, make changes, live with agency, walk away, pull the trigger, leave her dad behind, kill him, um, go to the city. Yeah. So I totally am a hundred percent bought in on the idea that Rebecca is ephemeral, a ghost, multiple personality um, segment of her brain and doesn't actually exist in the film. Look, what, what's your take? What's your take on that? I think it's just the opposite. I think from a perspective of the book, maybe that's what Otessa intended. But when this was done as a movie, some of the scenes didn't sort of add up to that theory. Uh, had that not been the case, I think we could have all walked away with that, uh, you know, that, that outcome. So I'll just take you through two of the scenes that sort of contradict this, right? Okay. Uh, I mean, you're wrong. Yeah. I mean, you're wrong, but okay. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, so there's the bar scene, right? Where Rebecca and Eileen are sitting and these guys, they talk to Rebecca. She's the pretty one. Right. And though she introduces their names switched, if you look at the bar patrons, they're actually switching their heads and uh, gazes of their eyes to two people. You can see that they're not confused by the fact that she says, hey, meet Rebecca, and it's an empty chair or whatever, right? They're not really confused having a conversation with a lady who claims to be with somebody. So if she wasn't actually with anybody, it was just her being both people, those guys would have probably, you know, had this confused look on their right. face. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one is the basement scene where Anne, I mean, the two of them go down to the basement and Anne, they like, you know, remove the gag from her mouth. And the first thing Anne starts screaming at Rebecca, right? And then Rebecca goes back and then uh, Eileen standing there. And then suddenly she's like, what's she doing here? Right. And then she's like, oh, you're that ex-chief's daughter and then starts bad mouthing the dad. And then the gun comes out. Right. So for Anne, in that scene, the way he shot it, she was seeing two people. Right. He wasn't talking to one. Right. He had distinctly shot that scene with those dialogues. Right. That made it look like she's seeing two people. So barring these two, yeah, you could you could see from the rest of the cinematography, she looked not real. And I was expecting her to not be real. It made sense in the end also that the car never showed because she's not real. But if you go ahead and execute these two scenes this way, it just, you know, contradicts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I mean, the way I see that those two scenes, I mean, I understand those are good, good points. Um, But the, the way I see both those scenes as being, I, I see them as whole cloth made up. Right. Like, I, I mean, they're true. They're true. There's fig, there's pieces of it. Um, you can see that 
um, Eileen is sitting in the penitentiary, penitentiary, just waiting. She's looking at the guard. And then you mm -hmm. have this, this entire scene that's fake. It's like interwoven into her life. Right. You also, you could also in, imagine that at the bar, some of it is real. She's there. She's at the mm -hmm. bar. She went by herself and she's having this conversation with these men, but envisioning it going differently mm -hmm. with Rebecca there. Right. That she from the perspective of an unfaithful or untrustworthy narrator, we don't know, we can't know what's real and what's not, right? Like, I understand that you being uh, a realist are going to take the, you know, as much evidence as you can from directly from the movie, me yeah. being a fantasist, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my own hot take to every movie I watch. Right. And so, <laughs> Uh, and so this is going to be a great argument and relationship th between the two of us. And I, I think it's fantastic that you're going to always be wrong. Um, but, but all that to say, I, I get the point you're making, like I, you're, you're making very valid points, but I, I honestly see that there are so many breaks with reality that Eileen is having due to yeah. her ongoing yeah. abuse from her father her father, she is enabling his alcoholism. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and I, there, there's a point uh, that I want to really hammer home that in your walkthrough of the movie that you, you didn't delve into any, um, Eileen is the one that is fascinated with Lee Polk. Like even before Rebecca shows mm -hmm. up. She's fascinated with this guy standing in the yard. She's fascinated with um, his life. The fact that he killed his own father, you know, that's right. A bunch of times. In fact, her dad brings it up and then she starts looking at the files. Yeah. She drops the files and then we see Rebecca seeing it. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense that she's the one who's obsessed with Polk. So much so that she she talks with Lee. Like, so from my vantage point of the way I see the movie, she talks with Lee directly. She finds an excuse to talk to him about it. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a little cagey about it. He, she then talks to, Oh no, she, no, Lee actually explains that he was abused by his father. She knows it, but as a Rebecca, right. Then she interviews, yeah. she interviews the mom and, and she denies it, storms out. She then goes to her house and she, as I, um, Rebecca, goes and ties her up. And then she reveals to herself that what she's done. And there's that snap with this realization. Oh, my gosh, what have I done? She goes and gets the gun. She goes down. She ends up shooting him. Either one, it works with either one. Either one could shoot, right? Shoot. Could shoot. It's the same person. The same person. The yeah. yeah. It yeah, could yeah. be. It could be either. But yeah, here's yeah. another counter. Yeah. Go ahead. For for Rebecca to have talked to Lee, she'll have clearance. But for Eileen to talk to Lee, she doesn't have that kind of clearance because you know he's a criminal according to the the state, right? So she can't just waltz over and and have a little chat with. Lee, I don't know at what point she would have been given the authority to do that. Right, Rebecca yeah. has that authority. Definitely, so. I, with my theory, you'd have to make a couple of leaps to 
have her yeah. out a way to make an excuse to get to both Lee and to get to both Anne, right? Like yeah. she's got to find a way to make up an excuse. Um, you know, and, and yeah, another, another argument on your behalf is there were when the old um, uh, psychologist left, they were mm-hmm. making sexual innuendo and derogatory statements about women. And, mm-hmm. and when, um, when she comes and joins in, um, mm-hmm. she just kind of steps in and everything keeps rolling forward. Um, and I, and it, it, they don't need a psychologist, right? Like they're, they have their psychologist. They, they, they have a party for his going away and now they have, so the reality, you know, theory there says, well, she obviously exists. She stepped into the role. The, my counter argument to that is, but they don't ever sexually malign or abuse um, Rebecca, right? They would have, you would have thought there would be some untoward something happening there that would have kind yeah. of, but, but I, I think the brilliance of this movie is the way it, it sits on a knife's edge. The yeah. way. And, and to your point, like, from a movie or from a book's perspective, I'm not sure that much about the movie because of the way it was directed. But if there was a scene that we're seeing Rebecca, so maybe Rebecca exists. It's just Eileen's just built this uh, new narrative around the character. Maybe that's not how Rebecca actually looks. Yeah, that's Rebecca good, exists. Yeah, that's like right? a middle ground. That's a now, theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I, Irene, Eileen has like rejected this fabulous character, and you know. That that's that's what she believes Rebecca is, because she needs someone like her. And from there, maybe you know, you could say, uh, you know, a lot of it was part of her imagination. But barring these scenes, so I would I would actually point out these as uh, directorial decisions, right? So if, if the director decided to do these scenes this way, yeah, and then we have to sort of rely on the unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, which yeah. means you know you can't say which is now real, right? Did she actually have a dad? Did she actually shoot anybody? Was there someone dead? Did any of it happen at all, right? Because we don't know what's real anymore, and yeah. that's then you know you're left with not a lot. Hey, so, Barry, are do you realize that this movie is completely made up out of an author's mind and a screenplay to <laughs> the whole thing up from beginning to end? Are you aware of that, or are you oh, aren't no. <laughs> any of this actually happened? Does <laughs> Do cold places really exist like that? Or are they picked up too? <laughs> Trust me, it was negative 15 this week here in Colorado. They exist. Uh, there is one quote, you know, I, I, in, uh, there's a uh, movie write up from Deadline, um, great um, blog movie, um, Destination on the Web. And, and the title of it is This is What Happens When Female Loneliness and Rage Collide. And at the end of the day, whether you believe that Rebecca existed or she was wholly made up or um, it's Eileen, that it's all real or it's some amalgamation in between in the middle, we can all agree that Eileen, the book, the movie, is what happens when female loneliness and rage collide. She is she is rage filled at the the abuse by her father she is rage filled by her abuses in the workplace and her her forgetfulness you know the way people just look over her and think she's yeah yeah and 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 she's lonely 
She's very, very lonely. We, I mean, very we, lonely. Yeah. Sense. You feel really bad for her through yeah. most of the film until she whips out that gun and then talks about how she's going to leave Anne there. And, you know, she's going to want to use the bathroom and she like makes it scary almost because it feels like she's done this a lot of times. Yep. The threats that she shoots out at that point. So, and, and you know, no hesitation to fire a bullet. You're like, wow, that's, that's a lot of rage yeah, that yeah. just came out in that one scene. Yeah. There was, Anne Hathaway even goes, um, we're going to wrap this up, but Anne Hathaway in, a, in an interview actually um, commented about the ending and the fact that the gun was there and it was the, the method of killing her, the gun was, uh-huh. You know, she alluded to the fact that it's phallic in nature, right? It's it's about uh-huh. um, male dominance and male control, and and it was sad that this woman, um, who was a part of Lee's abuse, she was com- not just complicit; she participated in Lee Polk's abuse, right? So, um, mm-hmm. it, it is revealed that by by Anne that uh, the father abuse sexually abused lee and uh-huh. and was complicit and supportive of that and even gave him enemas and she saw that you know it yeah. actually brought her husband close so even though yeah. she had done terrible things it was a sad it was a sad moment in the film that she was killed in this way and um it was a sad tragic um commentary and um mm-hmm. um all right, so I think that I think we should wrap that up. Um, any final any final thoughts on uh, the the movie? Well, I suggested we cover this, Barry. Like, what were your thoughts? Just over, did you enjoy the movie or did you not like it? All right, so before before we go into that, there's this one thing about Eileen that I wanted to talk about. That scene where she's she thinks she's in Rebecca's house and decides to go up to use the bathroom, and then she picks up this bar of soap. And then she pulls out the hair from the soap and one look at it. And you can say that hair does not grow on a head. Also a little creepy. Yeah. So you start getting early creep vibes at that point. Right. And that escalates real quick within the next, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes in that film. So that was like a nice warning shot that was fired. So I, I did love the film. Uh, it was really enjoyable. And uh, I think I'm going to love the book more because of, you know, the inconsistencies that I found with the film. Uh, I was happy to watch it. Thanks for the recommendation. And uh, what did you think? Like, is yeah, this one I, of those? I, 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 yeah, the, um, that turn in the Polk residence's kitchen, when she says, and she says it like that, this isn't actually my house. This is Ann Polk's house. I fell out of my couch. I fell. Yeah, out of my yeah. I went, what the hell <laughs> just happened? And, and I, I was like, ah, house. that's what's wrong. Something was wrong. Here. Yes, yes. It was like, here, have a pickle and some milk or something. Right? It was like, <laughs> <I know>. what? <laughs> yeah, let me see what's here in the kit in the in the refrigerator. Um, yeah. yeah, and then she was like, oh, I can scream. And then she actually screams. You're like, well, that that was not happy. Right. Yeah. It was one of the greatest turns I've ever, I was just, I was like, I, because the gun throughout the movie, the gun was a MacGuffin. 
Yeah. Our viewers know what a MacGuffin is, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an item that is planted earlier in the film that is going to be used later. It's a referenced item that is like a cooking hand grenade, right? It is, it's going to explode. That gun is going to go off, right? We know, we know that the gun that the father has is going to be fired. And I was certain I would have sold you my house if I was wrong. I was certain the father was going to die. And it was mm-hmm. going to be, and it was going to be at Eileen's hand. It had nothing to do. The father is left alone to be sleeping in his chair at the end. It is yeah. it a totally other direction. It was yeah. one of the greatest bait and switches I've ever seen. And I was blown. I was in my notes. I was like, "This gun is going to kill the father." I, don't I know, know that's what <laughs> someone is going to do. It. It's going to either be Eileen or Rebecca, but one of the two of them is going to shoot him in the head, and that they're going to New York, right? Like, yeah. And when I found out they were at Ann Polk's house, I, I almost died. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was really good. So that was the main reason I wanted you to watch it, just because of that. You know that moment, and yeah, then that oh, was a yeah. that was a solid moment. The yeah. one that I whizzed past in my <laughs> plot narration. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, it was great. It was great. That was quite though. All right. So let's wrap it up. I'm really glad that uh, we got a chance to talk through Eileen. Um, Thanks everybody for listening. I'm excited that we're going on this, uh, you know, journey together, Barry, uh, Film Exploder, um, finding new movies that um, you will constantly be wrong about. I don't know if you're going to ever see the light of day. Um, but no, this is great to argue and debate movies with you has been real joy. So thanks so much. That's uh, been fun. This has been fun. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. And with that, um, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.